This is The Law School Show. Discovering the person behind the resume. I refused to write the LSAT. I couldn't accept that a four-hour test would determine what your next step in your career would be. I kept that with me for all my years in law school. Well, I was part of the original uh, Degrassi cast, actually. Bringing you their stories and their tips on how to succeed in your legal career. You're listening to Highlights from Lives of a General Counsel. All right, so who do we got on the show today? Michelle Moldovsky, General Counsel at St. Michael's Hospital. I had been out of school for a few years, so I had to kind of relearn how to do an essay. We're here with Fernando Garcia, General Counsel at Nissan Canada. Fernando, good morning. How are you? Good morning. Excellent. I thought I was going to go into construction or doing something with my hands. David Allgood. Executive Vice President and General Counsel for the Royal Bank of Canada. Being afraid of numbers, I think, is something that lawyers need to try to get over and get financial training and, and acumen to be really helpful to their clients. We got Mr. Dan Sirocco on the show. He is the Senior Legal Counsel at the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation. What did I think about the law school? I found it, to be honest, a little more boring than what I thought it was going to be. Like, I'm still waiting for the day someone walks into a courtroom with, you know, the smoking gun evidence and surprise (laughs) witness, and I'm like, that would never happen. The key for me is really to keep your periphery vision open to things that you may not have really thought of or anticipated, but for whatever reason is actually a great fit. I sort of surprised myself once because I took a class in bankruptcy law and actually liked it. Yeah. Don't think that, oh, wow, I didn't get a, you know, an article placement in a major law firm. I'm, that's it. My career is destroyed. No way. I actually graduated from law school having no articling position. I worked in various temp jobs, non-law jobs, for about a year before I actually secured an articling position. I wasn't sure at that point where was my career going to start. But you have to be able to, to understand, to, to see the the opportunity when it becomes available and don't be judgmental about it. I articled at a very small firm called Morris Silver Lewis. Sometimes something that you don't think leads to your ultimate objective, it actually ends up getting there. It just doesn't take the straight path. It might just take a couple of weaves and turns. And that actually turned out to be true. What you thought you wanted to do wasn't the only option that actually meets your passions and your and your goals. It was a big decision to leave the law firm and go house. It showed me that, you know, not not to be afraid of change, that change can actually have a very positive impact. I think the impact to the client is increased by having somebody in-house. I find that when you're in private practice, you get brought into an issue. And, you know, you work with the in-house counsel and, you know, you develop a solution, you develop a strategy, you develop, you know, an implementation plan, but then you're gone. When you're in-house, you actually own it. You work with the implementation. You, you basically become the, the you know, spokesperson for that process or, or the, the head of that initiative. My current role, if I had to distill it down to its essence, is getting the right lawyer to the right job. Making sure the right people know, one, what's going on, and two, what they should know. Half the time, you're at the hub, and you have to connect other parties that might be affected that the original party may not have known about. So there's that significant management component to it in addition to the the legal component. The legal component at this position is largely the application of judgment based on 
advice that you've got from lawyers that have done a lot of research and preparation mm-hmm. to give you that advice? In-house, you're getting to know the client really, really well. There's an ability to see a matter from the beginning to the end. There's an ability to build relationships at all levels of the organization. And make that decision to spend a little time with uh, a relevant regulator is extremely useful in developing a practice and understanding the people on the other side of the table. And more importantly, perhaps developing with them credibility. It's incredible how much more you become aware of or how many more opportunities become your way from people and from word of mouth and from going somewhere and looking up for jobs in the internet or anywhere else like that. I mean, a lot of it really happens, you know, through informal networks more than it happens through formal networks. I became the general counsel of the Royal Bank because I was in the bank and the senior management team that made the decision as to who should replace the general counsel when he retired knew me as a known commodity, so it was serendipitous that I happened to be here. I thought I was going to travel and take a whole year off. So I only applied to one job. And I thought, if I don't get it, I'm still going to go traveling and, and I'll you know, figure it out at the end of the year. And then I get a call back and I'm told, oh, well, we'll give you the job. It's going to be four months on contract. And I said, well, the only problem is I'm going to be away for one month of that. <laughs> so what they did was they, they hired me for one month to write a couple of policies, and they kept looking for someone for the rest of that job, uh, which meant that when I went away for my one-month trip, I didn't know if I would have a job coming back. And and I did, though. Uh, I came back, and it turned out that anyone else that they wanted to bring on was was just sort of above their price point, which was lucky for me. You could be lucky, but then if you don't have what it takes to sustain it, but to really take full advantage of the opportunity that's given to you, it sort of slips away. Lawyers generally work very hard. You get a bunch of A-type personalities who are really driven. Very uh, solution-oriented people, issue identification, all of those very necessary attributes. But I think it's important, as you as you mentioned, to keep in front of you that it's yeah. it's, it's a people business. It's a social science. How do you understand other people's incentives and to be in touch with that human element? Through observing the, the kinds of people who you work with, who you want to emulate, who you, who you see as successful, it helps develop that. I, I think the key is you, you need to get to know people. You need to reach out to people who are in areas that are of interest to you. Somebody who reaches out and says, hey, can I take an hour of your time? You'll be surprised how many people actually take that opportunity and actually do this. You, if you don't ask, you don't get it. And this is something I need to really emphasize to everybody. Network, 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 network. LinkedIn is an incredible key. I was actually headhunted. All that came from LinkedIn. The key for me is really learning to prioritize. It's probably one of the most important things, probably in any career, but especially law, whether it's clients in private practice or multiple clients in-house. For them, when they call you, it's the most important issue in the world. And those were your highlights from Lives of the General Counsel. Find the full episode on our website at thelawschoolshow.com. The Law School Show, your top choice for advice advancing your legal career.